Amen. Hey, that's right. We are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. And specifically, once again, as you can see with the parentheses there, whatever those are, uh, the history of New Age. Now, by way of recap, hey, let's go ahead, and if you guys got your workbook, go ahead and turn, okay, uh, to uh, page six there on that section there worth the New Age. And when you get there, raise your hand. Let's go ahead and turn there. Bobby, we're going to talk about lying later again. Okay. Uh, get your raise your hand. Go ahead and get your, get your one hand, one person. All right, you there, a couple of hands, a couple more, most of you there. Awesome, you there. All right, that's your first official teaser for tonight, because we're not getting in the workbook again, because we are still uh, on the history of New Age. I love it. I'm killing time. I want to get through, so I'm sorry. But we saw the history of New Age. Where is this stuff coming from? Well, it's coming from demons. We know that. We know it started with Genesis chapter 3, the lie of Satan in the Garden of Eden that uh, Eve fell for you can be like God. You can be your own gods. That's the premise behind New Age. We saw that with Swedenborg, Blavatsky, and Basant. Now we saw, remember, that's the big issue with uh, theosophy, okay? It was the big movement that was going on during that time. Theosophos, God wisdom, divine wisdom. And where are they getting it from? They're getting it from channeling. They're getting it from demons. They get into an altered state of consciousness, and they got this vision. It's demonic. It's where the source is really coming from. We also saw, moved on from there to Steiner, to Casey. Remember the sleeping prophet? He can get into a trance and have all these demonic stuff. Alice Bailey, of course, Lucifer Publishing, still in existence today, now called Lucis Publishing. The Catholic guy, Chardin, big one that the Pope said, he's great. And this guy, remember the new sphere that he believed that the collection of human thoughts, we tap into the new sphere. Wow. Uh, uh, Benjamin Cream, we saw there with Maitreya Spangler, and we left off with Schuchman. You guys remember Schuchman? Schuchman, of course, is where we get the thing that's infected we left off last time in churches, and that's that thing, the course of miracles. Remember that? Well, it's got to be Christian. No, it's not, okay? It's not at all. And we saw that was from, a, a once again, a lady in psychology who heard this voice tell her to write this down. This is from Jesus. It was not Jesus because what came out of this voice over a seven-year period as she got into this trance and was writing this thing down, right, uh, this course of miracles is not at all the biblical Jesus period, okay? And uh, it is a demon because it undermines everything that Jesus taught in the scriptures, etc. And he's not going to do that. Okay. But that leads us to the next one. All right. And the next one on the list is last name is McLean. First name is Shirley. Shirley. Hey, stop calling me Shirley, but you're right, Bobby. And uh, you are there. Shirley McLean uh, uh, Beatty is her real name, B E A T Y. Uh, her brother, you might have heard of her brother, Warren Beatty, but he spells his with two T's. Okay, so really, obviously she's an actress, singer, dancer, activist, author. Uh, she's best known, though, uh, not only for being an actress, uh, but also her New Age beliefs. Before Oprah really appeared on the scene, she was it. Okay, and Oprah kind of uh, supplanted her. Uh, but she's still out there teaching reincarnation, New Age, you know, her New Age spirituality. Uh, a part of it, what she's promoted, we'll get to in a second, is with her books and things of that nature. Once again, we saw, right, before Facebook came along and YouTube, there was life before then, that these guys didn't just sit on this information, but every single one of them used the technology, the media, the means to get this information out to the mass public, okay? And what you're going to see in the next succeeding ones is now they start making a switch and they start going, some of them have already done it, Okay, but now they start making a switch and going into the governments, okay, the governments of the world. They also are going into the academia. They're going into the professors. Why? Because if you can only get in the hands of few people, who do you, and you want it to disseminate as widely as possible, who do you go to? The ones who are going to disseminate it down to the public. And that's what a lot of these people do. So she's done that with her books. She was named after Shirley Temple, uh, believe it or not, born in Richmond, Virginia, and her father was a professor of psychology once again psychology anybody starting to see a theme here 
throughout this psychology is woven into this stuff, and we're going to see that even more tonight. Uh, believe it or not, their parents raised her and Warren Beatty as, quote, Baptist. Well, hey, you go to Baptist church, that makes you a Christian. No, no more than sitting in a barn makes you a cow. I'm not using that other one. You know it. Okay, just work with me. Okay, you got to be born again, right? Okay, and, uh, but she was raised with that. But again, once again, what's the sad thing? Apparently, unless this is totally apostate Baptist church, and it could have been, don't know. That happens, unfortunately, with churches. You never even hear the truth. Okay, but you think, man, somebody somewhere should have shared the gospel something too bad. Well, apparently it didn't stick. But her also, to give her kind of an eclectic background, uh, he was a communist. Okay, uh, of course, she's appeared in numerous uh, TV media, as I said, actress and stuff. But her big one was her book, which later became a miniseries, and that was Out on a Limb. And if you really want to call it, it's Out on a Broken Limb because whoo, he fell off the ladder of truth, man. Because whoo. Uh, but that was, we're going to see, that was one of the big breakthroughs in Americana to get people to receive this blasphemous statement and begin to repeat it that I am God. As crazy as that sounds, it was that miniseries that really helped. I remember seeing that uh, as a, a, a teenager growing up in Kansas, out in the middle of nowhere, because it was, I think, ABC. It was ABC miniseries, right? And uh, it was all over the United States. And that was my first introduction into New Age was her and that movie, okay, that miniseries, okay? And, uh, but anyway, so she uh, uh, produced that, and then she revealed to Oprah Winfrey that uh, she's been on her show many times that she had an open relationship with her husband. Okay, so a lot of you see with these one things is that just you would think that if a person's a real Christian, not saying that we're perfect, okay? How many of you guys are perfect Christians? How many of you guys are married? Now, those who think you're perfect, talk to your spouse on the way home. They'll convince you otherwise. Uh, but anyway, it kind of works that way. Uh, but we're not perfect, right? But you would think that if a person's a Christian, then being a follower of Christ, then you're going to act like Christ. You're going to behave like Christ. You're going to speak like Christ, right? Okay, there's going to be some Christian morality that backs that up, right? And you think with New Age is so great and so awesome, uh, a lot of these guys, man, their life is out there, okay? And uh, so she had an open relationship with her husband. Quote, she often fell for the leading men that she worked with, quote, with the exceptions of Jack Lemon and Jack Nicholson. Apparently they weren't her type, I don't know. Uh, but she claimed that in a previous life, previous life there, in Atlantis, that she was the brother Oh, so she was a man before, but yeah. Uh, she was the brother of a 35,000, whoa, so you've been here longer than the earth was formed. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, a brother to 35,000-year-old spirit named Ramtha, who's channeled by somebody we'll see in a second called Jay-Z Knight. Okay, so again, the past life regression, getting into an altered state of consciousness, and they take you back. Psychology does the same thing. Some of them, in there, because they have their techniques, and we need to go back. Because the premise of secular psychology, some of it, okay, is you need to find out why you're behaving like this. The past is the key, uh, they believe, to the present, right? You've got to find somebody to go blame uh, for your problems. Now, I'm sure there are influences. We all know that we're influenced by somebody else, right? So, uh, and I'm not saying that's not true. That is true, okay? But at some point, what do we got to do? First of all, I and you are not responsible for what other people did to us. Did you know that? Right? And I don't need to go back in my past and become a slave to my past. Jesus says, and Paul says, uh, Paul says, forget the former things. Behold, God is doing something new. Press on. I press on. I press on. Now, if you need to learn something, learn something. Okay? But psychology will keep you typically stuck in the past, you, which means you don't have it today because you're just always in the past. And then how are you going to live a future? You have no future because you're stuck in the past looking for somebody to blame for all your problems. Right? The Bible sets us free from that. 
okay? And even though we're not responsible for that, they are, okay? And you want to be set free from even what people did to you? Even though you're not responsible for it, they're responsible for it? It's called forgive and be set free. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what to do. And you're free. And guess what? Now you got today and you got a bright future. That's what the Bible teaches, but psychology takes you back. And if you can't find it in that, then they'll take you in the altered state of consciousness. And you, well, maybe it's a past life. Maybe it's all new age through and through. Okay, so that's what she believed. Now, uh, her follow-up to Out on a Limb was uh, another book that she wrote was called uh, Dancing in the Light. Well, you better turn on the light because it wasn't light. Uh, it was darkness, what you're promoting there. And uh, she also not only has an interest in UFOs. Wait a second, UFOs. You're starting to see a theme there. Every time you see New Age, you also see UFOs popping up. Why? Well, I got a theory that goes something like this. If, in fact, New Age is demonic and comes from demonic sources, which I think we clearly demonstrated, hmm, then UFOs, which also have a demonic source, no wonder they work together, right? Because these ascended masters, these space brothers, whatever star system they're supposed to be from, are based on a lie called evolution. They're supposed to be a higher evolved race. Well, evolution's a lie, so your whole identity's a lie. But what's, what are they saying? You come all the way across the universe, what? To fix a, a poverty and world hunger? No, to debunk Jesus Christ, to uh, defame the Bible, to say that we're gods, we are not sinners, uh, there is no such thing as sin, the devil's a good guy, and follow the Antichrist. What? I think you'd do something better than that. How about fix the economy? Okay, well, because it, it's demonic, because they're one and the same. So that's why you see the two go together, because they got the same root. Okay, but she's considered an expert in UFOs. She's all these experiences she's had, supposedly, with uh, her uh, contacts in New Mexico and elsewhere, whatever. But she's been on CNN, NBC, Fox News on the subject of UFOs. So New Age UFOs goes hand in hand. Uh, now, she also got into trouble not too long ago. In 2015, she sparked criticism of her comments on, listen, Jews and Christians. Whoa, 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 wait a second. For those of you who've been hanging with the rest of our study, what's another common thread with New Age? What do they have an absolute distaste for? What are these demons coming through these people that's supposed to be this higher knowledge that's going to lead us into the age of utopia, the age of Aquarius, this new wonderful age that the Bible says the Antichrist kingdom, the seven-year tribulation you don't want to be a part of. What is a common thread that they're also doing? They cannot stand Christians and they cannot stand the Jewish people. Do you think that's a little demonic? Absolutely. Listen to what she said in 2015. She sparked criticism for her comments on Jews and Christians, saying, quote, she claimed that the victims of the Nazi Holocaust were experiencing the results of their own karma. Can I translate that for you? They deserved it. But that's what New Age teaches. Why? Because New Age is infected with Hinduism, as we saw before, with the law of karma. That's why Hinduism is one of the most cruel religions on the planet. Okay, because it teaches you because of the law of karma, which is a lie, okay, that I can't help that person. I don't need to feel pity for that person because if I intervene, number one, then I'm going to uh, destroy what they need to work off in this lifetime. And they're just going to have to come back and do it again. Okay, and number two, I might mess up something that they are. It's a justice issue, according to them, that this is what they deserve. So who am I to intervene? That's what she said. If you can believe that. But let me give you a little sneak peek of the audaciousness of that mini-series, Out on a Limb, okay? And uh, at the heart of the New Age message is what she ultimately shares on here. She goes on these world journeys. If you ever remember that mini-series and this and her New Age enlightenment, she's discovering the truth and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, she has this scene with her guru, her spiritual New Age guru guy, and he informs her that if she really wants to have a breakthrough in life, she just needs to basically, in essence, repeat the lie of Genesis chapter 3, that I am God. So let's take a look at that uh, real quick. 
I mean, if you don't know who you are, you can't love yourself. Well, don't you ever get frustrated when you feel like you're not really being yourself? Yes, all the time. Right. That's what all the masters have tried to help us with. What masters? You know, Christ, Buddha, the Indian avatars. They were really just master politicians who went right to the root of the problems in society. The individual. Some of them said if everybody believed that he was a part of God, the kingdom of heaven was within. And that if we took responsibility for that, that we wouldn't get so frustrated with ourselves. With ourselves or with anybody else. But it seems like it takes multiple lifetimes to come to that simple realization. You want to know a good exercise that helps you get in touch with the realization that we each have God inside of us? Exercise. Here's what you do. Just stand up, hold your arms out like this, and say the kingdom of heaven is within. I love myself. The kingdom of heaven is within. I love myself. Now, wait, better than that. Say, uh... Say, I and God are one. No, wait, 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 better than that. I got the best one. This is the best one. Just say, I am God. David, I can't say that. See how little you think of yourself? You can't even say the words? I am God. I am God. A little louder, please, with maybe a little more conviction. I am God. I am... Look, if I'm God, what does that make you? Well, we always see in others what we see in ourselves. I am God. I am God. I am God. I am God. I am I God. God. I am 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 standing over here so the lightning bolt gets you. I'm not going over that way. Are you kidding me? Okay. But that just tells you, that's what basically that whole premise is all about. Uh, that's new age through and through. Now, notice there was two things that were interconnected with that belief system that's infected the church, right? The one thing that they kept saying, notice how he wove into that, was that phrase, you need to what? Love yourself. Ooh. Why are they putting that with you are God? Because the definition of self-deification, you are God, is self-love. Self comes first. Why? Because you're God. You're the most important there is. Self-love and self-deification go hand in hand. And what is a major teaching of secular psychology? What's the number one thing that they say is going to cure all the ills of our society? Self-love, self-respect, self-esteem. That's all self-deification statements. 
New age through and through. The other thing, notice how they use, they try to pepper in biblical phrases in there. Notice another thing that he went along with this self-deification, that I am God, that you are God, etc., blah, blah, blah. And that was the phrase there, the kingdom of God is what? Oh, well, that, that sounds biblical. Well, they pervert the, the text just like they do when they try to get us to buy into reincarnation, if you recall back in our Hinduism study that we went in great detail, right? They want to say, well, the Bible teaches uh, uh, reincarnation because John 3 says you've got to be born again. Well, first of all, uh, Jesus uh, didn't say you need to be born again and again and again and again. It was at one time. Okay, in the context of what he's mean there. Second of all, he wasn't talking a physical birth, and we know that because that's what Nicodemus was thinking, and Jesus had to correct him. He was talking about a spiritual birth, a one-time event, okay, of being born again of God's Spirit being made alive in Christ. Okay, it's not reincarnation. Plus, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed man to die once and then face judgment. There is no such thing as reincarnation. But what they do is they rip out a verse, and then they want to apply new age to it and say, see, the Bible. And knows how he treated Jesus. He's just like one of the other avatars with Buddha. Whatever. Same old lie, right? You know, there's, there's truth in the Bible. There's truth in the Hindu Vedas. There's truth everywhere. You just go... No, there's not. Okay, the Bible is the only source of truth. But the kingdom of heaven, what he's talking about there... Uh, he's ripping out of the context when Jesus, just to give you kind of the nutshell on it, when Jesus is confronting the Pharisees there, uh, and he's basically saying, listen, you guys, the kingdom, you can't say, see, it's over here, the kingdom's over there. He says the kingdom there is within you, okay? In other words, kingdom, what is God's kingdom? Break it down. God's kingdom is where he rules. That's his kingdom. That's what it means, right? What does God rule? Uh, everything, okay? Who is standing right there within them, Okay. This is why other translations will not say within, they will say among, right? So in other words, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the kingdom of God, uh, God's rule, okay, God, where he rules and manifests himself, is not right over here. You can't say, see, it's over there. See, he's saying to the Pharisees, you guys are so blind, you got to be kidding me. The kingdom of God is right here among you. I, Jesus, am God. I, me, the one in charge, the kingdom, is right here. That's all he says. And so they take that verse completely out of context and mean like it's inside of you. That's not what he was talking about. Jesus was in their midst. They missed the whole point. The kingdom of God was right there, and they were blinded to it. Plus, if you want to look at it uh, logically, let's even say it meant something like that, okay, which it doesn't. Okay, the kingdom of God is inside you, and somehow that makes you God. Uh, let's use an analogy. You got a, a jar or a glass. You pour water into it. Okay, does the glass become water? No, it's just a container. And we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit who is God, but that doesn't make us God. Okay, but then again, that's not even what he's talking about in that particular context. Also, notice the logical fallacy. Okay, notice if that's truly her verbiage when she truly had that encounter, because that movie is supposed to be an autobiography, her actual life experience. And if she really did have that conversation like that with that guy on the beach, notice a couple things that were going on there. Number one, she felt a check when he challenged her to say the satanic statement. Did she not? But she went ahead and did it anyway. And as she started, she felt sheepish about it. In fact, to the point where she turned to him and says, wait a second. If I'm God, what does that make you? In other words, that's illogical is really what she's saying. And notice he just brushed it over. Well, all we see is what we see in our others. You didn't answer the question, pal. Okay? Because that's a logical absurdity. Mormons run into the same problem because Mormonisms also teach that you can become gods and goddesses and populate your planets and blah, blah, blah. If you make it to the Mormon priesthood and on your little bike tour and do all your good works and stuff like that, and you get to forever populate planets. That's their, that's the third celestial kingdom, the highest one you can work for, right? Really motivated, okay? But that's what they teach, but that's not what the Scripture says because it's illogical. God, by definition, is the supreme being. 
okay? Which means he's the only one. If God, there cannot be another God because logically then God wouldn't be supreme, right? So either there is a God or there isn't. You can't have, by definition, multiple gods, okay? Because by definition of being God, supreme being, it can only be one, right? So, and that's why she felt the check. Oh, it was you. And he just brushed it off with a bunch of uh, verbiage, okay? But anyway, so that's what, uh, that's what we got. Now, the next one on the list is a lady named Marilyn Ferguson, okay? Uh, Ferguson. Now, this is where it gets interesting because this is where you're going to see it get into the government or the fancy word, politics. Poly meaning many, ticks, blood-sucking creatures. Okay, I have to say that every time I get to that word. Uh, the politics there, and listen to what she does. Now, she's known best for her book, The Aquarian Conspiracy. Well, there's that buzzword, that New Age word, right? The Aquarian Gospel, the Aquarian Age, the Aquarian the New Age. Okay, so that's what she's promoting. She was also the founding member of the Association of Humanistic... Here's that word again, psychology... Interesting, they just kind of blend in there together. Uh, she published and edited a science newsletter, so-called science new newsletter, called the Brain Mind Bulletin. Well, why is that? Well, what's Christian science? Remember all that stuff? Well, she was influenced with that. We'll get to that in a second. She was also on the board of directors of the Institute for Noetic Sciences. Noah, mind, mind sciences. Okay, now, she, you, might, you may have never heard of her, but she's influenced a lot of bigwigs. Now, remember, if you're going to get your message out, who do you go to? Who can I get this to that's going to disseminate to the most people? I really think that, not saying thus saith the Lord, but I think sometimes the tactic, it would appear to me in our days of apostasy, okay, uh, is that sometimes uh, the enemy, uh, if he wants to uh, perpetrate a false teaching, a lie into the church, what he does is he starts at that little tiny backwoods church in, uh, I'll do Alaska, I always pick on the south, that's north. Okay, little church in Alaska, right? right? And he starts there because that's going to, no, no, no. He'll go to the big church, the people who have the big... And if you know some of the people who are sliding today in apostate teaching, who are they? Who have some of the biggest audiences. Why? Because that's how you get it out fast. Little guys, yeah, whatever, right? Big wounds, let's get them. Let's seduce them, okay? Anyway, so, so she goes, and listen to who she influenced, Ted Turner. Ooh, why would you want to influence Ted Turner? What's he own? Global media which infects the global. Uh, she also was very uh, influential to uh, Al Gore. Wonder where he got his beliefs from, okay? Well, let me give you some quotes from those two guys, and you tell me if this new age lady, Marilyn Ferguson, did not have an influence on their beliefs and what they were doing when they were in these high places, and still are. Al Gore, and these are direct quotes from Al Gore. I'm not making this up. Number one, the richness and diversity, he said, of our religious tradition throughout history is a spiritual resource long ignored by people of faith who are often afraid to open their minds to teachings first offered outside their own belief system. What's he saying? Christians, you're a bunch of dum-dums. We need to go to these ancient sources because they have truth too and we need to open our minds to that. That's again why I took so much time in our Hinduism to demonstrate which is the oldest religion, if you even want to call it that, the biblical account. Okay, And the rest of them are spinoffs from uh, the Tower of Babel, uh, Genesis chapter 11. Second, uh, he says, the emergence of a civilization in which knowledge moves freely and almost instantaneously through the world has spurred on a renewed investigation of the wisdom distilled by all faiths. In other words, now all this information is going out and it's being disseminated. Hey, it's all, we're all one. All faiths teach the same thing. This pan-religious, all religions, perspective may prove especially important where our global civilization responsibility for the earth is concerned. So our 
all religions need to come together. We all got the basic same truth anyway. We all get to heaven anyway, right? That kind of mentality. And we all need to work together to save the planet. Starting to understand why he does what he does and his convenient lie, right? Remember the hockey stick graph? What a lie that was, the global warming, which is such a big lie, they changed it to climate change. How many guys realize that from today, from yesterday, the climate changed? Oh, no, we're in trouble. No, we're not. Welcome to life. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, whatever. Anyway, uh, now, number two, he gets even more new agey. Listen, this is a direct quote. I'm not making this up. I don't even know if I can make this up if somebody squirted chicken juice on me. This is so out there. Listen to this. You think, you, listen, listen. Al Gore. This guy was the vice president. I saw children lying in the laps of large dogs and a boy bringing his stuffed animal to be blessed. I saw the not yet famous elephant and camel march up the aisle. A lawyer who scoops the poop and enjoys being a clown for a day. A priest who finds himself covered with wriggling ferrets. And a man and a woman who meet when their leashes become enmeshed. A volunteer gardener marching to the altar of a bowl full of compost and worms. And a sermon by Al Gore in which he called on the congregants to recognize that God is not separate from the earth. Help me. I felt like I had to brush my teeth after saying that. Are you kidding me? What? what? Whoa! You gotta be kidding. And then, of course, what did he do when he was in office? Okay, He was the biggest guy. Of course, in 1992, he published his thing, The Big Lie, to get this global warming thing going. Remember, because we all gotta work together. What's the New Age lie? The Mother Earth is cleansing herself and the planet's blowing up. And if we're gonna have this age of utopia, we've all gotta come together, all religions, all government. That's the New Age lie. Well, he bought into it big time. Okay? He wrote Earth in Balance, which is all that, this, the global warming scare. Okay, and he admits why he did it, because he's so concerned about the environment. No, 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 because you need a global excuse to get the global religions and the global governments to submit to a global entity who will control the global earth. Quote from Al Gore, the climate bill will help bring about global governance. What did he just say? It's all an excuse to what? All of us have to work together, give up our sovereignty, to save the planet, the New Age lie. It is the awareness itself that will drive the change, and one of the ways it will drive the change is through global governance and global agreements. So what did he just say? Again, what I just said. It's not just my theory. This is what these guys are saying. If you're going to create a global lie to get all the global religions and the global government and the global economy to work under a single global entity, which we know will be the Antichrist kingdom, the Bible's the only book that warns about that, you need to have a global excuse. And what better of a global excuse than say that the global world is going to blow up? You seen it? And where does that come from? The New Age lie. That he got infected from with this lady, Marilyn Ferguson. And maybe others, okay? Now, Ted Turner. Ted Turner, he's a billionaire, obviously. Uh, CNN, mogul, that guy, okay, media. Uh, he's the one who's been paying, quote, for the cost of the World Peace Summit of Religions. So where's the money coming from to get all these world religions together and have these annual peace talks to come together? Ted Turner. Well, why? Well, who was he influenced by? This Marilyn Ferguson, okay? Trace the New Age Trail. And listen to what he said, and I quote Ted Turner, okay? Uh, what disturbed me is that my religious Christian sect was very intolerant. We thought we were the only ones going to heaven. What? Uh, yeah, because that's what Jesus said. He's the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. 
okay, it says, okay, but that's what he's saying. Uh, Ted Turner also, what goes along with this new age, age of Aquarius, age of Utopia, and they are actually going to think that the seven-year tribulation, God's wrath being poured on this planet, is a good thing. Because in order to pave the way for the age of Aquarius, the age of Utopia, okay, they believe is they need to get rid of the population on the planet by at least 90%. Now, it sounds crazy. It's demonic, and it shouldn't surprise you because not only is Satan the father of all lies, but he's what? What did Jesus say? He's a murderer, and he's been one from the beginning, right? So you got a demonic source. What's ultimately going to come out? Not just lies. I want to kill humanity. And so he's twisted this into new age, and it's, come, it's going into politics and world leaders into this lie called uh, uh, population control, that we need to limit the population of the earth. And they actually want devices out there on purpose to kill humanity. But again, the way that they get you and I to go along with it is to buy into this environmental lie. Well, if we don't, carbon emissions are going to blow up the planet. We're going to choke it. Don't you know it's your patriotic duty to just knock yourself off or let us do it for you? Whatever. Now, you think it's crazy, but listen to this. I've shared these quotes before, some of them. Okay, but listen to what these people believe. And starting with Ted Turner, who's infected with this new age lady. Quote, People, this is from Ted Turner, people who abhor the China one-child policy are dum-dums. Because if China hadn't had that policy, there would be 300 million more people in China right now. So, but apparently it's a bad thing. Quote, and then he later advocated the reduce of the world's population from 6 billion to 2 billion. That's a lot of people. 4 billion. Four, not million, 4 billion. How are you going to get rid of 4 billion people? And how could you even say that? What a murderous statement. Margaret Sanger, we talked about this. What's really behind Planned Parenthood? Okay, get population control. And specifically, you want to talk about one of the most racist organizations. Okay, it's Planned Parenthood. You do the statistics of where they put their Planned Parenthood centers, which is population control. They put them in the minorities. They put them in the black African communities. They put them in the Hispanic communities because they're still living up to what she said, and I quote, the elimination of human weeds for the cessation of charity because it prolonged prolong the lives of the unfit for the segregation of morons, misfits, and the maladjusted, and for the sterilization of genetically inferior races. And guess who she thought that was? Anybody who wasn't uh, white, specifically Aryan race, same thing that Hitler was into. That's what's behind Planned Parenthood. That's what's behind the New Age lie. We need to get rid of these people, okay, because they're not going to be a part of this New Age that we're going to... David Graeber, he's a research biologist. He said, we have become a plague upon ourselves and upon the earth. Human happiness is not as important as a wild and healthy planet. Until such time that Homo sapiens should decide to rejoin nature, some of us can only hope that the right virus to come along. You actually want another black death plague or some virus to come and annihilate the planet? How could you say that? Well, what's New Age teach? Now, what, who I'm quoting from is from the world organizations, governmental organizations, government figures, political figures, and university f academia. And this is what they've been teaching, with all due respect, not to just lump it all in that age group, but you got the millennials coming out of uh, college and stuff. Wow, where did you get that idea? How could you say that? You've been raised in the church. What? How? What? Because this is where it's coming from. Uh, David Pimentel, he's a Cornell University professor, said the total world population should be no more than 2 billion. Jacques Cousteau, when he was still alive, said this is a terrible thing to say, but, uh, in order to, uh, but it's, it's just as bad not to say it. In order to stabilize world population, we must eliminate 350,000 people per day. Wow. Bertrand Russell, philosopher, 
He said, at present, the population of the world is increasing. War, so far, has had no great effect on its increase. And I don't pretend that birth control is the only way in which population can be kept from increasing. What did he just admit? What's it all about? Controlling the population. Right? There are others, he said, if a black death could be spread throughout the world once in every generation, uh, survivors could procreate freely without making the world too full. The state of affairs uh, might somewhat be unpleasant, but what of it? Quote, real high-minded people are indifferent to suffering, especially that of others. So if you're of the academia, if you're of the Al Gores, if you're of the political regime of the UN and the people pulling the strings behind the scenes promoting this new age lie, what have they bought into? Who cares about you, guys? We'll be at the top. We'll be the survivors. Crazy, crazy. John Holdren, who's he? He's Obama's science czar. The current administration, listen to what he said. Quote, forced abortions and mass sterilizations are needed to save the planet. Women could be forced to abort their pregnancies whether they wanted to or not. The population at large could be sterilized by infertility drugs intentionally put into the nation's drinking water or in food. And people who, quote, contribute to social deterioration whoever they deem is undesirable, can be required by law to, to exercise reproductive responsibility. In other words, be compelled to have abortions or be sterilized. A, he advocated a, quote, transnational planetary regime that should control uh, the global economy and also dictate the most intimate details of American lives using an armed international police force. This is in the current administration. What? Uh, uh, Dr. Eric Pianca, he said this at the Texas Academy of Science. He said, we need to exterminate, this is a university, we need to exterminate 90% of the population through the airborne Ebola virus. And he liked that virus as his preference uh, over AIDS because of its faster kill rate, he says. Uh, and what was crazy at the end of his speech, you know what the audience did? The ones graduating from that? Nobody called him off the stage. Gave him cheers. Why? Because they've been indoctrinated in the school system all the way through the university now. Think globally. We must save the planet. Now you guys know why I don't recycle? You starting to catch on a little bit? You know, whatever. Uh, let me give you a couple more. Uh, Dr. Sam Keene, he's a new, age, uh, new ager. He said, we must speak far more clearly about uh, sexuality, contraception, uh, about abortion, and values that control the population. Why do they keep promoting feminism? One of the reasons why. Well, because if you're feminist and you say you don't need a man, then you never get together with a man, and what are you never going to have? Never going to have a baby. Why do they keep uh, abortion? Well, what's that do? It gets rid of babies. Why do they keep what plant, the contraception? What? Get rid of babies, okay? Uh, homosexuality. Why do you permit homosexuality and lesbianism? Because you're not going to have a baby. Mm, when you understand population control and the new age live, creating this age, oh, all that starts to make sense. Why they keep pushing this stuff honest okay he said cut the population by 90 percent and there aren't enough people left to do a great deal of ecological damage there you have it see we got to we got we got to get rid of 90 percent of the people on the planet to save the planet can you believe that what a crazy murderous lie and that's what this guy said he says quote uh he wrote the environmentalist utter contempt of mankind quote such is the naked essence of environmentalism it mourns the death of one whale or a tree but it actually welcomes the death of billions of people. Is there not a more a violent, man-hating philosophy than this? Well, why? Because it's a New Age philosophy, and who's behind New Age? Demons. Who's behind with demons? 
Satan. He's not only a liar, he's a father of all lies, and he's a murderer, and he's been one from the beginning. Ferguson, back to her. Okay, she's influenced Al Gore. She's influenced Ted Turner. This is all spilling down now into politics and the school system, all that stuff. She, uh, born in Colorado, uh, she developed uh, an interest in the human potential movement, right? That's big time in the media because mankind always makes it through, right? Rise up, mankind's going to achieve, right? She was that. Uh, again, her big book that came out was called The Brain Revolution, Frontiers of Mind Research. Now, she had 10,000 subscribers. You think, all oh, 10,000 subscribers, so what? Not, no, listen, who were her subscribers? Ranging from academia, academics, intellectuals, schoolkeepers, business owners, etc., blah, 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 Okay. Now, she also co-worked with this human potential movement with another person, another psychologist. This time, her name was Jean Houston. How many of you guys remember her? Let me give you a little nugget, because again, we're dealing with new age getting into the government and to politics, okay? Jean Houston obviously was into this as well, as well as new age stuff. Uh, she was, uh, got a doctorate in psychology. She worked with this Ferguson lady. Now, she, while participating in the U.S. government-sanctioned research project on the effects of LSD, yes, that really happened, okay? She was involved in that project. Well, why? Because what is one of the things that LSD does? What is one of the things that New Age does? What is one of the things that uh, American shamanism does? What does the mystery cult religions do? What do people who want to get into an altered state of consciousness do if you don't want to jump up and down and do all this stuff and repeated mantra and singing and dancing? You take drugs. Because it's one of the quickest ways to get into an altered state of consciousness to connect with the, of course, they don't call them demons, but that's what they are out there. Okay, so she got involved in that. She got interested in the human potential movement as well and uh, began teaching about the ancient mystery schools. Ooh, okay, but New Age stuff. Now, here's why I bring this up. Okay, you think, well, okay, that's her or whatever. How many of you guys remember this one? During the first term of the Clinton administration, uh, First Lady at that time, Hillary Clinton, uh, while she was writing, it takes a village. No, it doesn't. That's that globalism UN thing, that we need to have the government take control of your kids and family. It takes a mom and dad. Hello. And specifically, you really want it to work out good? A mom and dad who submitted to Jesus Christ. That's all you need. It doesn't take a village. Okay, but anyway, so while she's doing that, guess what she does? She invites Jean Houston to work with her at the White House as an advisor. So she invites this new age lady into her. And if you guys remember this in the news, uh, Houston... Uh, worked with uh, Hillary Clinton to have a channeling session to resurrect the deceased Eleanor Roosevelt. Remember that? A lot of people think that didn't happen. It's on record in the White House. So it's in the White House channeling Eleanor Roosevelt, which is a demon. Actually went on. Okay. Uh, New York Post wrote about this. Daily News wrote about this. Uh, they labeled Houston as, quote, Hillary's guru. Okay. Uh, and the Boston Herald dubbed her the First Lady Spiritual Advisor, okay? And then she started getting flack for channeling Eleanor Roosevelt, supposedly, okay? Not supposedly, they really did do that, but supposedly it was Eleanor, it wasn't as a demon, okay? She said, oh no, there was no seance, there were no spooks. Just got into an altered state of consciousness, and voila, there you go, okay? Now, Jean Houston out there, she was on the Oprah Wan Kenobi show, and she's promoting something called The Hero's Journey, and the hero's journey is basically, uh, it's being spread across 108 countries. She's working with the UN, other uh, governmental organizations around the world. And basically, it's a journey to discover your true self. And guess what that true self is supposed to be? That you were God. Okay? So she's out there still promoting that, but very influential on even Hillary uh, Clinton. But back to Ferguson. Ferguson, uh, again, uh, was basically, she wrote her big book later, uh, which is one of the big books uh, considered 
uh, behind New Age, like a New Age Bible, not the only one, so was Course of Miracles and whatever, but her book was The Aquarian Conspiracy. That was the big one that helped to launch that. Uh, and again, uh, she was uh, also influenced by this guy uh, back here, uh, the Catholic guy, Chardin, okay, the New Sphere guy, okay, the New Age guy. And, uh, but also, guess who uh, thought that this book was great? Quote, the United Nations Assistant Secretary General Robert Mueller. Okay, also another psychologist named Carl Rogers. You guys know what Carl Rogers, one of his most famous false teachings was? Self-love. Self-love, it's all about self, 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 self. Well, why so much self? Well, where did this self thing come from anyway? We've talked about this so many times. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, the fall of Satan. Who's the first one with the I problem, the self-esteem problem, the self-love problem? Who loves self more than God? Satan is where it came from. I will be like God. I will rise to the Mount of Most Sympathy. I, I, I. And this is what these guys are promoting, the very thing that uh, the, caused the fall of Satan. So she hooks up with the, uh, uh, another philosopher, Jacob Needleman. Uh, you know, and again, they're thinking that this book is now going to help make New Age much more palatable here in the United States. Uh, if you want to read a good book exposing a lot of this stuff, it's uh, by Constance Cumby. It's called The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. Okay? Uh, that's going to expo expose a lot of this stuff. And, uh, but anyway, so she began uh, working uh, with others, uh, including uh, uh, other New Agers involved in that area. Uh, now it's, it's leading into the 80s and 90s with the harmonic convergence. We talked about that before. Uh, she began to explore links between psychics and psychology, again, trying to merge. Uh, she came out with another book called Aquarius Now uh, in 2005, and then she suddenly died of a heart attack in 2008. And eight. Now, uh, during her funeral, somebody came and offered a great tribute, and guess who that was? A guy that's also on the Oprah Wan Kenobi show, uh, Deepak Chopra, however you want to pronounce his name. And here's what he's a New Ager. And he said that uh, her, Ferguson, uh, that he came across her book, the uh, Aquarius book, uh, being a, when he was a young doctor and he was studying meditation, he came across the Aquarian conspiracy and realized that the book had instantly unified a movement. Yeah, movement towards. New Age, okay? Now, another lady that we're going to talk about, number 13, is a lady who actually, uh, last name is Prophet, and she literally took that serious because she became a New Age prophet. That's Elizabeth Clare Prophet. She died in 2009, and uh, New Age minister, she married a guy named Mark Prophet. They founded what's called the Summit Lighthouse, uh, and then in 1975, she founded the Church Universal, okay, and uh, began to promote that. And uh, during the 80s and 90s, she appeared on Larry King Live, Donahue Nightline. She was also featured in NBC's Ancient Prophecies. Uh, she grew up in, uh, with a family during World War II era in New Jersey. Uh, early in her life, she had uh, periodically had blacked out, okay, and some odd things going on. Her mother later confessed in 1937 that she took some pills to try to abort her uh, as a baby, but was unsuccessful. Uh, she claimed to have these mystical experiences while growing up. And uh, she claimed that uh, when she was about four, she had a vision of herself playing on the sands of the Nile River in Egypt. And her mom said, well, that must be a past life. So kind of fed that into her. Uh, while uh, Later, while water skiing, she said she felt that she was suspended in a place where other spiritual beings existed uh, who were joyous in the light, radiating love. And this motivated her to find out more about these saints robed in white. Now, usually if you're in one of those states, it's right after you had a really bad fall scheme and you got knocked in the head or whatever. But anyway, so that she, she felt that that was her experience while skiing. And uh, she always believed in the universality of all true religion. Now, 
She, where did she get some of these things? Well, it was into her because of her mom. Her mom had interest in theosophy and what was called the I am movement or I am activity. What do you think that is? That what? I am God. That same new age lie. That influenced her. Uh, from the I am activity in theosophy, she learned about ascended masters, karma, reincarnation. She was also influenced with Christian science where she was told that matter was not the reality, that uh, the spirit part of us was the only part that was the true nature of God. Uh, she began to serve an internship in the United Nations. Okay, She later goes and works in Washington. So again, she's getting involved uh, in the government entities. She worked with the Christian Science and the Christian Science Monitor. Okay, It's not Christian, it's not science. We saw that before. Okay, And that helped her to begin to start her own uh, church, the Church Universal and Triumphant. Uh, they bought a 12,000-acre ranch outside of Yellowstone Park. And the dogma, the big teaching of this uh, church, Summit Lighthouse, they call it, included the doctrine of the path of personal Christhood, the Christ consciousness. Now, remember we saw in Matthew 24, the first thing that Jesus said when the disciples asked him, what's the sign of his coming? He said, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am, not Christ, the Christ. The article's there. The Christ. The Christ consciousness. The Christ, same thing, that, very specific, uh, that the, the New Age uses. Uh, also, the science of the spoken word, they believe, was taught. How are you going to get into this? You need to use meditation, prayer, and visualization. This led to another lady now uh, called Jay-Z Knight. Okay, Jay-Z Knight, one of the biggest, uh, more famous. And she's more famous for channeling. Okay, and she supposedly channels this demon. Well, she does channel the demon. The demon's supposed name is Ramtha. Okay, you might have heard of that, Ramtha. Okay, uh, Ramtha, uh, member Shirley MacLaine felt that she was Ramtha's brother from 35,000 years ago. Okay, whatever. So she's appeared on TV. Uh, she's still alive today, still doing this stuff. Larry King, Merv Griffin Show. Also, Psychology Today. I, I don't know, Jim, maybe it's me. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Uh, it's something you don't want to get mixed up in. Her teachings have attracted figures in the entertainment and political world, shocker, okay, such as Linda Evans and Shirley MacLaine. Okay, and uh, she has a 12,800 square foot French chateau style home uh, and next door uh, teaches courses run by this Rantha School of Enlightenment. Uh, she grew up in Tacoma, Washington in a state of poverty, couldn't go to college, but she in Washington, their state, she uh, met a psychic who told her that an enlightened one would appear to her in the future. She says that Rantha, this demon, first appeared to her in her kitchen in 1977. Uh, time has called her the most celebrated channelist of all time. Um, and uh, she's produced over 120 books and 40 DVDs uh, promoting this stuff from the supposed Ramtha thing. Ramtha is derived from the name Ram, which in Ramtha's language is supposed to mean the God. Okay, is what that is. Uh, he's also supposed to be a, quote, Lemurian warrior who fought the Atlanteans over 35,000 years ago. Okay. So apparently there was a family conflict with Shirley MacLaine because she was born in Atlantis and yet these Lemurians supposed to be his brother but he's a Lemurian, he's supposed to be fighting. Oh well, I guess it all works out. Uh, but anyway, so she later says that uh, this guy, this Ramtha deity 35,000 years ago, uh, mastered the out-of-body experience and I don't know if that's how they're supposed to be contacting. There's currently 6,000 students under her teaching and the central theme is the internalization of divinity, i.e. God in us, you are God, okay, uh, but obviously that it's a false deity, it's a demons. Demons, you give them enough time, they lie. They can't help but lie. They're going to lie. That's what they do. And uh, predictions made uh, by night in the name of this Ramtha, 
uh, have failed to come true more than once. Uh, One was she, uh, this Ramtha character, predicted that a Holocaust would take place in 1985. Didn't happen. Obviously, that's easy to demonstrate. Uh, But also, once again, in New Age, because it's demon, uh, demonic, okay, who do they hate? Christians and Jewish people. Listen to this. In, in the teachings, when the session with Jay-Z Knight uh, said, okay, uh, this demon speaking through her, uh, made several controversial statements, uh, such as Christianity is a backward religion. Now, of all religions to pick on, why Christianity? Uh, but, but Christianity is backward. And Jesus' parables can be explained by means of photon waves and probability. Wow. Okay, but whatever. And that murder isn't really wrong or evil. What? Well, it's a, if you believe in reincarnation. Because again, just like Shirley McLean, hey, they deserve that. That person deserved to get raped, they would say. I shouldn't, that was, no, that's not wrong. What that, they deserve that because I bet you in a past life, they probably raped somebody else, so they got to work that off. As sick and twisted as that is, that's what they believe, that's what they promote. Okay? And that's a major thing you need to keep in mind when you're Lord willing witnessing to somebody with a new age. They also believe, uh, teach that a person can create their own reality which is what Hindu teaches, which is also what the Word of Faith movement teaches. You better watch your words. Your words can create your own reality. Death or illness. Or, no, you're not. You're not God. Excuse me? Okay. Same thing that this uh, demon teaches. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, so uh, th- uh, some people have come out and said this, this is a cult that's going on up there. Even her former husband saying that they're involved in a very, quote, dangerous and very evil, corrupt thing. One student that got out of there, said, quote, at one point, I was running around scared, thinking I was going to get eaten by the lizard people. <laughs> so not good. But during the uh, 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 2012 Washington State general elections, Jay-Z Knight and her uh, uh, organization donated to a uh, uh, multitude of Democratic campaigns. It was like, I don't know, Hillary and these guys and Al Gore and you might start to see a pattern. Somebody's hooked up to a bad spirit. Very interesting. Okay. And, uh, but uh, now, listen, remember, she didn't just uh, hate Christians, remember, it's the Jewish people. In 2011, Knight stated, while channeling this demon, and I, I, I can't repeat the words. They're not just cuss words. They're, they're, I mean, all cuss words are bad, but this is really bad ones. This is coming out of this, her mouth via this demon. Blank God's chosen people. I think they have earned enough cash to have paid their way out of their blankety-blank gas chambers by now. You tell me that's not demonic hatred towards God's people. How dare you say something like that? But before we go, because we're going to go, I want to now, this leads us to the largest church in the world. Are you ready? Let's take a look. Have you heard about the largest church in the world? The first service was March 3, 2008, with an attendance of over 300,000. The attendance is now over 2 million, and they conducted the first ever mass trance on March 17, 2008. What do they teach? Who you are requires no belief. Heaven is not a location, but refers to the inner realm of consciousness. The man on the cross is an archetypal image. He is every man and every woman. The leader's website teaches these lessons. My mind is part of God's. I am very holy. My holiness is my salvation. My salvation comes from me. Let me remember that there is no sin. Do not make the pathetic error of, quote, clinging to the old rugged cross, unquote. 
The only message of the crucifixion is that you can overcome the cross. Have you heard of this church, or maybe its leader? Years ago, she denied Jesus is the only way. A panel has been discussing the spirituality and the forces of God, but I also believe that there are two forces that are here with us, that we do have our, our, our God that we can depend on, but there's also a power of darkness that we do need to be aware of. And, and that's you, where the choice is. Do you begin. believe that and that you can choose between one or the other? Most, most absolute, definitely. Yeah. Now, now Marianne uh, Williamson says in her book *Return to Love* that we're always walking in the direction of one or the other. That all of your actions in life, either you're moving toward the darkness or you're moving toward the light. Right. She calls it fear and love. There's this wonderful book called *Ishmael* by Daniel Quinn, which talks it, which, which is. Anyway, it's a gorilla talking, but anyway, uh, it talks about one of the points it brings out is one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world, that there are millions of ways to be a then human how do being you please and, God? and many ways, no, but many paths many to what you call God. That and her crazy. path might be something else. And when she gets there, she might call it the light. But her loving and her kindness and her generosity brings her, if it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. And I guess the danger that could be on that, I mean, it, it sounds great on the onset, but if you really look at both sides, I there could couldn't possibly be just one way. What, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? There isn't only one way. There is one way and only one way, and there that is through be. Jesus. There couldn't possibly be with because the millions you of people say in the there world. isn't. There couldn't possibly be because you say you intellectualize it and say there isn't. If no. you don't believe that, you're all buying into the lie. Today, she has turned her millions of adoring fans over to New Age doctrine. Christians are letting this into their homes and are being deceived. In reading books such as Tolly's. I've really op it's really opened my eyes up to a new way of thinking, a new form of spirituality that doesn't always align with the teachings of Christian Christianity. So my question is to you, Oprah, how have you reconciled these spiritual teachings with your Christian beliefs? I've reconciled it because I was able to open my mind about the, um, the absolute indescribable hugeness of that which we call God. Um, I took God out of the box because I grew up in the Baptist church and there were, you know, rules and, you know, belief systems and doctrine. I believe that God is love and that God is in all things. And so that's when the, the, the search for something more than doctrine uh, started to stir within me. In the essence of all consciousness isn't something to believe God is yes God is and God is a feeling experience not a believing experience that's right and if and if you're if that your religion is a believing experience if God for you is still about a belief then it's not truly God yet the scripture says in order to be saved you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ Wow. Largest church in the world, 22 million or more people watch her spiritual filth. And a lot of them are still Christians. And they're getting indoctrinated in this stuff because 
They won't shut it off. Lord willing, next week, we'll get into her background and maybe some exciting encounters I've had. I don't know if you had. Have you ever tried to steer somebody away from the Oprah Wan Kenobi show? <laughs> That's what I got. But we'll talk about that, Lord willing, next week. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness, or the wrong things that we have done, have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin, or unholiness, uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not 
inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell, and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. 
And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.